Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Focus today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and I'm always honored when we have the time and spend together with uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. He's the senior pastor at the Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, executive director of Content of Character series. He's also the co-founder of the National Black Pro-Life Coalition and the author of a fascinating book called Pawns of Change, Pawns of Change. And there's a picture the cover is booked there on the screen for those of you watching on the Dub TV network. And his website is contentofcharacterseries.com. And there's a picture of the landing page. Pastor Broden, good to see you, friend. How are you? I'm doing well, in spite of all that we see. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. We value it greatly. I know we're going to talk a little bit about AI, but I want to ask you just a couple of different questions this morning first. What was your reaction to the Supreme Court eliminating affirmative action? Well, I, I think that was an opportunity for us to set some things right. And um, so I thought it was a good decision and one that um, I think puts everything on a level ground where it ought to be. And so uh, I was uh, pleased with the decision. Good. And the other thing I wanted to ask you was, in the news to even today, some of the stories that we had, the term white supremacy keeps popping up. What, what is trying to be accomplished by accusing people of that? Well, we're, we're in the midst of what I, I believe is a Marxist um, influence on our culture. And what works best for them is division and chaos. Chaos is the friend of the socialists and the Marxists. The more chaos they have, the more opportunity they have to come in and to dislodge what is in order to replace it with what they think is right. And so um, when we see this kind of vitriol and labeling of uh, people, um, it's all a part of a strategy to cause confusion and division among us. Now, that doesn't dismiss the fact that there are some white supremacists out there and some white racists, just like there are black racists and brown racists and red racists and yellow racists. Mm -hmm. Racists out there, and the answer to those problems, I, I believe, is a spiritual one, where the heart has to be changed through coming in a right relationship with Christ. But, uh, but when we see it being used as it is today in the public square, it is a part of an agenda to divide us and we who are aware of these tactics need to respond in a way that helps people to process what is happening so they don't get caught up in the kind of division that is being forced upon us and then uh, respond out of a, a Christian perspective that will, I think, help solve some of the problems that we face in our culture today. We are sensing some pushback uh, in the fact that the Supreme Court would recognize affirmative action as being unfair. Are you encouraged? Uh, with the pushback? Yes. Uh, if, you, if the pushback is negative, uh, then I, I would say no, I'm not encouraged by that. Uh, it's a discouragement because look, uh, as a nation, we need to be looking at merit, qualification and skill set 
And I think if we're playing on a level field, and that's the question, yeah, then everyone should have an opportunity to be considered based upon the merits of their capacity and ability. Okay, I'm sorry, I think you, you misunderstood me. I meant to push back in the sense that people are saying no to some of this nonsense, no to affirmative action, no to white supremacy. There seems to be a rising pushback to some of this stuff. Well, I, I think that's a positive thing. I think the more we are aware of what's happening in our culture and why it is happening, it gives us a better footing by which to push back and to represent an alternative that is more applicable to the ideas and philosophy that undergird our nation. Okay, I want to come to a topic that you're concerned about. We all are. Uh, Transhumanization, uh, humanizing, and the I, excuse me, AI engineering of the human evolution. Uh, we're all concerned about AI. Uh, we even had a story today on our news that uh, we're now looking at a potential 26% replacement, employment replacement rate with AI. Uh, how would you, first of all, define transhumanism? Well, transhumanism is an amalgamation of human DNA with, it could be computers, it could be animals and other things. So transhumanism, as it is defined within the circles that are pushing it, is an amalgamation or a development of a relationship between humans and machines. Uh, I, I think a good way of looking at this is what A.I. Gottman, an American Eugenic Society director, said in 1970. I want you to listen carefully to his quote, because it explains what is happening with this AI and what's happening among the power elite. Quote, he says this, the essence of evolution is natural selection. The essence of eugenics is the replacement of natural selection by conscious, premeditated, or artificial selection in the hope of speeding up the evolution of desirable characteristics and the elimination of undesirable ones. In other words, what he is saying is that we're going to engineer the evolutionary process. We're going to take control over it and not allow evolution to have its natural development, but we're going to get involved and engineer what we believe is the next level of development of humankind and, and act as gods and do that. So this is what is happening when you hear this idea of transhumanism. Uh, transhumanism is an attempt on the part of the globalists and the intelligentsia, the power elite, to engineer the next evolutionary process with the hopes of taking us to a level of godhood of Godhood. This is crazy, but this is what is being talked about by a number of the globalists today. I, have you heard of the name um, Yaval Noah Harari? If you haven't heard that name, he is a professor and philosopher who is teaching at Israeli University right now, but he is the number one advisor to the WEA. That is the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. He advises Schwab. 
He influences Bill Gates, George Soros. He has been known to have been in contact and conversation and advisement of Barack Obama. So this group of people are listening to this guy, Harari. The question is, what is he saying? And uh, he wrote a book called Sapiens, I believe in 1998 or so. And it has been a wild uh, bestseller in the New York Times. And so he is well known and people are reading him. Here's what he says about this whole idea of developing this new species, transhumanism. He says, as he was asked, he says, and again, I think the biggest question in economics and politics of the coming decade will be what to do with all these useless people. In other words, those who will be evolving into the next level of human development will not be the commoners, regular people, but only those who are the intelligence, the scientific community, and the academicians. He says, now the question will be, what do we do with all these useless people? The problem is more boredom and what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless and worthless? My best guess at present is, to, is a combination of drugs and computer games as a solution for most. It is already happening. I think once you become superfluous, you don't have power. And so what he's saying is that we need to have a population reduction of the useless, meaningless, useless eaters to get rid of them. So this power elite that's, that's pushing this human uh, hum, transhumanism and a marriage or amalgamation between AI and humanity and DNA is looking to get rid of those who are of no value and what he calls meaningless and worthless. This is the idea that is driving the globalists today and moving towards what they call a global reset. Most of us are not paying, paying attention to what these people are talking about, but this is what they're talking about. And the question is, how are they gonna pull it off? And I believe they're gonna pull it off. And I want you to hear this by this thing called this global reset. Well, they can do a global, how do they do a, a global reset? Well, I think the framework for the global reset has already been established in what is called emergency crises. The WHO, the World Health Organization, in May of this year, with 194 member nations granted to them emergency control. Whenever there's a global emergency, like a pandemic, all nations will bring their constitutions and bring their laws under the authority of the WHO. That's already in place. That's not coming. Joe Biden and the HHS secretary crafted amendments to the international regulation laws that gives the WHO authority even here in America. So it's already in place. <clears throat> okay, so this, this sets up a couple things, Pastor. Um, you have AI, uh, mm -hmm. the question of AI, who's programming it? Mm -hmm. uh, you got HI, or I guess you could call it human intelligence. And then you got God. Is he, the, 
Is he the spoiler? <laughs> Not the spoiler, but he is the sovereign ruler of the universe, and he is in control. And no matter what man does in order to negate the influence and power of God, it will always come to naught. It will always come to naught. But I think it's important for us, and particularly for those who are Christians and spiritual leaders, who are watchmen on the wall, to be able to identify what's happening in the dark community of the world and what they are attempting to do so that we can be prepared and that we can reshift our priorities away from the things of the world to the program of God, making the program of God our priority. And unfortunately, that's not the case right now. And when we do that, then we prepare people and their relationship with God and their connection with God. And the protection of God becomes the source through which we're able to overcome the schemes of the wicked one. So, um, but I do want us to recognize that the WHO, and I ask, this is important, has that authority already. But here's what you need to know. The United Nations observing what has happened with the WHO, although the WHO is in the purview of the United Nations, the, the Secretary General of the United Nations said, well, I need to have that kind of power too. And so in September of 2024, the United Nations is planning to seize global emergency power with the support of, of Joe Biden already. He is already on board and giving them authority. The information that you can read on this is found in what is called the Federalist Report. The Federalist Report. Justin Haskin is the author of an article that just was just released that is titled like this. The UN plans to seize global power. The proposal might be the worst or the biggest attempt to grab power in the history of the United Nations. If approved, the United Nations will take control of the United States and it could cease being the nation that we know today. This is written by Justin Haskin, that's H-A-S-K-I-N-S, -S, and I, I would advise that you go get that article and read it, because we're well on our way in that direction, and Joe Biden is leading the effort. So, leading the effort. So let me unpack that just for a second. I've got to take a break here, but let me unpack that with one question. If, if, does... We know that the president doesn't have the power to subordinate the United States to the U.N. How does how does that happen? By not calling it a treaty. If they call it a treaty, then they'll have to bring it to the Senate and the Senate will have to prove it. But they've gotten around that by calling it an accord. That's the language that they're using now in order to prevent having to go through the Senate. Now, I want you to know there's an effort on the part of a number of groups out there, uh, one that's headed by Frank Gaffney. I don't know if you know that name. Yeah, I just had him on the show yesterday. Frank, Frank is talking, well, he's pushing uh, to inform us about the WHO and what they're doing, and I'm sure that's what he talked about. And they've gone to the Senate, and they've gone to the, the House of Congress, and they've announced to them that this threat is ever before us. And most in the Senate and most in the House say, well, that will never happen. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. That'll never happen. We won't sign off on that. Well, uh, it's unfortunate that the WHO already has that power and authority to come in under emergency situations and usurp 
our liberties as defined by the Constitution. And we are obligated to do what they say do. If they say uh, uh, put on masks, we've got to put on masks. If you can't go take uh, uh, to your doctor to get hydroxychloroquine or that and, and evermectin, then you can't do that because they have made laws or rules that say that we can't do it. That's already in place. Okay. We're not looking for it. It's here. Okay, so one other quick question. I'm way over a break here. One other quick question. Um, if you rem uh, we could pull out of the WHO, right? We can pull out the United Nations. That's true. Out of the WHO, that's what's, that's our only hope right now, is that right. we can rally enough people and inform enough Americans that this is happening, that we will put pressure upon our leadership to withdraw our membership from the WHO and even from the United Nations. All right, let me take a quick break. Uh, check out uh, the pastor's website, contentofcharacterseries.com, and check out his book, Pawns of Change, at the bookstore by uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. We'll be right back. <clears throat> we'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Delighted to have with us Pastor Stephen Broden, senior pastor there at the uh, Fair Park Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas. He's also the executive director of a fantastic series called Content of Character Series. Uh, pastor Broden's also the co-founder of the National Black Pro-Life Coalition and the author of a fascinating book called Pawns of Change. And there's a picture of the cover of the book on the screen, and his website is contentofcharacterseries.com. We're talking about transhumanism as it relates to artificial intelligence and all the problems and how their WHO, the World Health Organization, the UN, other people are certainly um, coalitioning to bring about control. I, I want to kind of go back on one thing, Pastor, that we talked about earlier, and that is the mixing of the uh, AI with transhumanism and, and maybe right. medicine and science and the term undesirables. Um, I could see where they could get involved in um, perhaps uh, pre-pregnancies and coming up with maybe a DNA of the perfect person, but the undesirables that are on the earth today, hmm. what do they do with those? Because it, it, here's my problem with this. It's just a little bit of a side note. Um, I'm wondering if we are losing the sense of urgency of evangelism with Christians. We'll look over at the homeless problem and we'll all agree it's messy, it's bad, and it needs to go away. Okay, and yet we will go into a prison and we will evangelize somebody on death row. That soul has value. These over here don't. I wonder if we got our priorities mixed up. Well, I think there has been a disconnect in the body of Christ from the 
priorities of the kingdom. And so what you're seeing is that uh, we're more concerned about appearances, comfort, and conveniences uh, that this nation affords to many. And those who do not fit our definition of success, quote unquote, uh, are those who are an irritation and an aggravation. Uh, but I think it, it represents an opportunity for us to reconnect to the priorities of God. You see, God is concerned about people, not materialism. Uh, the church has become somewhat distracted and uh, by the successes that we've enjoyed as a nation and distracted from the priority of the kingdom. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. It is the priority of God to rescue as many from the judgment that is to come. You see, there is a threat that rests on all who are unsaved, and that is the wrath of God that is to come. But God is providing a means of escape through a personal relationship with Christ. And so that message must be communicated, and somehow it's gotten lost in the successes that we've had and the materialism of a nation that is is more bent on hedonism than they are about advancing the gospel. So I think you raise a very good question. Um, however, the definitions that are given to these people by the globalists and by the power elite is a word that should not apply because all human beings have value because they're made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. Our worth and our value is not connected with what we have or don't have. Our worth and our value is connected to the image of God that is in us. And so those people who are on skid row, who are on, down and out, who have mental issues and mental concerns, they're made in the image of God. And so the message of God ought to be shared with them and ought to be a part of every church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the individual, not brick and mortar. Every church of the living God ought to have as their priority is to share that gospel message uh, as best we can. So we don't allow the globalists to define who they are, because if they frame who they are through their words and through a dialectic that is devoid of the divine, then we can take an attitude that is wrong uh, and apply it to those people. Because we seem to and, be more afraid of the devil than we do God. And I say that respectfully. I'm not just trying to be trite here. Uh, uh, Franklin Graham spoke at a meeting I was in several weeks ago, and he said something, and I'm paraphrasing, and he basically said this, we are priding ourselves in figuring out what the devil is done or doing. And somehow we think we're intelligent because now we know. It hasn't translated into evangelism. Well, that's because we've lost the priority of the kingdom of God. And... And what the devil is doing can be a distraction. I, I do think we need to be aware of what's going on. Yes. But to the degree that it, it disconnect us from the, the priority of the kingdom. And so I think that's a good observation. And I, I don't think necessarily that people are more afraid of the devil as much as they don't know who their God is in a biblical sense. And, and because they don't know him, and it's a difference to know of him and to know about him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people know about him, but they don't know of him. And that's true for those who are in the church. And that's a lack of teaching and preaching and, te uh, uh, and expositing the scriptures as we should across the pulpit. But I want to get back to the globalists here, uh, because I think we need to understand 
what it is that they're doing, because a part of what they're doing, and as you well know, as you sit in the position to be one of the, the generalists of our culture, you know what's going on in a number of circles. This central bank digital currency and the passport digital, uh, the digital passport are the two means by which they will be able to control population. And it's programmable. And there are criteria that are going to be set that if you want to operate within the system, then you have to meet their criteria or definition of good behavior versus bad behavior. And if you display bad behavior but not wanting to take your shot or, or to stay at home when they tell you to stay at home, then they'll cut you out of the system. This will be the control mechanism by which they are able to control population. And as Christians, we need to be aware of that so that we don't find ourselves taking whatever mark or whatever uh, emblem that they are offering that will justify us operating in the system that will disconnect us from our relationship with our God. These things we need to be aware of and we need to be uh, um, informed so that we can make wise choices and decisions. And I think as a watchman on the wall, as a pastor, that's my responsibility to tell you that these things are coming and that you ought to begin to make your priority the priority of the kingdom through Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. Go ye therefore and make disciples. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall be my witnesses. Those two priorities stand prominent and prevailing in the minds of most Christians in these very tumultuous and difficult times that we live in. Um, the globalist runs a very high risk of insulting God. And because <clears throat> they're trying to replace him. Scripture says he, God won't be mocked. You just got to ask yourself, at what point does God say, nope, you ain't going there? Yeah. Well, uh, they have been, look, the unbeliever has been mocking God right from the start. They have been rebelling against it. God uses the word rebel. They are rebelling against God, putting their fist up and shaking it in his face and saying, you will not be Lord of my life. Uh, the question is, what is God doing? And that's a very good question. What is God doing in light of what we see unfolding? I think that's the question that we need to ask. And I think pastors have a responsibility to teach as to what God is doing. A sovereign God is not at all caught off guard by what we see. He's not in heaven saying, oops, I let that one get by. No, that's not God. But rather, he is engineering a plan that will ultimately lead to his glorification, that he might be glorified. And so Satan is on a leash, and he has only so far that he can go. Who controls that leash? God controls it. So what we see taking place is reflective of a larger purpose that God has in his strategy and plan for glorification of himself and the body of Christ. Yeah. So this is not incidental or accidental. I submit to you that it was is a part of God's plan. Now, yeah. the plan is working out because man has rejected and and rebelled against God. And there are consequences for that. And so the consequence that we see 
is that God has abandoned us to our own devices. Yeah. And you know, it, a lot of people are saying, you know, where's the second, second coming, second coming, all that. And you know those verses. But in Second Peter, it fairly clearly talks about it's not a delay as you think it would be a delay, but it's God actually imparting salvation. In other words, he wants all to come. And I'm just wondering, will we catch the spirit of evangelism in the light of all of these challenges? Because this is what it's really about. It really is. And uh, in the councils of eternity, God has elected, he's chosen some for salvation. And until all of them are in, we have a responsibility to continue to share the gospel. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I'm out of time. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, check out his website, contentofcharacterseries.com. And check out Pastor Broden's book, Ponds of Change, and you can probably get that online. Thank you, Pastor, as always. Uh, an honor to have yeah. you, sir. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.